0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host Paladino Joey or Joey Owajin. Purple Mafia is available on the stuffcom iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Wonderful pleasure to be back on board today to talk about a Minnesota Vikings victory over the New Orleans Saints, twenty-nine to nineteen over the Saints. Uh, well. I might sound a tiny bit different because I'm in a different location today, so I'm actually recording at my parents' house. Took a day off, kind of having a late, uh, very late birthday dinner, we'll say, because um, my, my birthday's in July, but yeah, very delayed because of scheduling and, well, just other things too that aren't necessary to, to mention. Uh, just different location, obviously different type of day. It's Wednesday rather than Monday night or, say, like a Sunday afternoon, which I highly prefer, Sunday evening or something after a Sunday game. That's uh, the other thing. So, kind of a goofy start to the season (laughs) covering Pro Mafia, my 10th season covering the Vikings on this show. But, well, it is what it is. Here we are today, and it's a wonderful game, a wonderful victory for the Vikings, unexpected by many. The Saints were never anything spectacular or anything. They used to be, uh, their offense was scary. Uh, Drew Brees and all them, they gave us a hell of a time not that long ago, a 20-9 to loss to the New Orleans Saints over there in the Superdome. Uh, God bless those of uh, that had to suffer through Harvey and Irma the past week. Luckily, Jose dissipated, so that's the end of that. Just uh, wishing those people, uh, <laughs> boy, a uh, speedy and, and uh, just, you know, wish them the best in the recovery efforts there in Florida and in Texas. And other surrounding areas, I'd have to mention all the above, pretty much. Uh, kind of similar to Katrina in a way. Sometimes, in some ways, worse. I guess I'd have to say for Houston. Um, but nothing's good either way. Uh, but let's continue onward. Also, want to recognize those uh, involved in September 11th. Want to recognize the people, the first responders, and the people that you know, people that didn't get through that day. Just uh, want to recognize them and uh, the survivors, and obviously. The, the fallen as well. Gonna give them a quick moment of silence. Sixteen year anniversary of nine eleven. God bless everybody involved in that, and uh, thank God that, uh, <laughs> thank God that. Uh, well, here we are today, and we're still a uh, we're we're still the greatest nation on earth. So let's continue. Vikings win twenty nine to nineteen. <laughs> a little distracting start to the show. I apologize. Wow, twenty nine nineteen. The defense showed up. The offensive line, well, yeah, the offensive line showed up and look what happened. I mean, once the offensive line shows up to play, now we can see what Sam Bradford can do. At least against a defense that's not real good. That was the hope. That's why I predicted the Vikings to defeat the New Orleans Saints, but the Vikings defense also showed up to play in a huge way, despite kind of scaring us in the preseason. Makes you always say, well, maybe the preseason isn't a indicator for things to come. In a lot of ways it isn't, but sometimes when a certain group of players, a certain Position or so, like like a certain group, like the secondary offensive line or linebackers or whatever, is either doing spectacular or terrible, that might be an indication of where things are headed. Like last year, you saw the offensive line looked putrid in the uh, preseason, and, well, it was putrid in the regular season. Injuries didn't help. That's another situation. But uh, luckily, the Vikings coming in healthy this time around. Of course, Alex Boo no longer on the club. He is on his way to Arizona. Good luck to him there. In a uh, that's a team I've always kind of had a soft spot for. Obviously, I just love the Southwest too. You know, Las Vegas, Arizona, all that. I just love that part of the country, drier climate, which we enjoyed for a little while, <laughs> thanks to the uh, the downsurge of you know, because when there's a hurricane, it creates a big giant circle. The the east side of the circle, because it's a counterclockwise counterclockwise uh, spin gets the hot, it's the humidity. The, the, uh, the west side gets the uh, cooler dry air. So we had a cool dry week last week, but here's the humidity back once again, unfortunately. I like the drier climate, but uh, again now there I go, jumping everywhere. Adrian Peterson, well... His initial handoff in the game was nine yards, greeted with booze in a lot of ways. There was was some cheers. There was a lot of booze for Adrian Peterson, and that was the highlight of the night for Adrian Peterson. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? He was stifled time and time again when he actually got out there. He only had six rushes. He was out there for nine snaps. It was distributed evenly by coach Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints. Six rushes for him, six rushes for Elvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram, or excuse me, seven rushes for Kamara, and six rushes for Mark Ingram. The Saints didn't look good. Uh, Luckily for Drew Brees, he didn't throw an interception. He finally got his touchdown very late. The Saints did not score a touchdown until two minutes remained in the bleeping game. In fact, a minute and 56 seconds remained in the bleeping game. Nice little drive. But other than that, again, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play for the Saints? I mean, the Vikings kicked some serious booty in this game. And not many of us saw that coming. Um, A offense by the Vikings. See, the defense came to play, and that was great. But in that first quarter you saw the same skittish uh, Sam Bradford. It was like, oh boy, is that really who he is? Is he check down Charlie? Is he Alex Smith? Or then again, is Alex Smith what he was in game in week number one also against the New England Patriots? We'll talk about that briefly as well. What the heck is going on here? But both of the number one picks, 2005 and 2010 respectively, showing up to play this past weekend, it really shows you what happens when there's a good offensive line in front of you, particularly Sam Bradford. I think he has more physical skills. I think he has more special skills than Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Smith, I think, is what he is, but he did have a great game, and got a good on him there. Sam Bradford has an arm. Sam Bradford actually can be mobile a teeny tiny bit as well. It's just, yeah, he's a little skittish in that side of things because of two ACLs. That kind of does that to you. You get a little skittish, even if your knee is strong and healthy again, because he's not Adrian Peterson, right? Remember what he did in 2012. Um, But, hmm an overall wonderful game for Sam Bradford. Really, really showed up to play because, I mean, after that first quarter, the skittishness finally went away. The Saints took a 6-3 to lead, and then it was like something clicked. It was just three major completions down the field, and bam, the Vikings <laughs> scored their first touchdown of the game in awesome fashion. I mean, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs Stole the show in a huge way, particularly in that drive along with Sam Bradford, who did not have a turnover. There were no turnovers in this game. That's awesome. Uh, Mr. Latavius Murray had a fumble, but he did not lose the fumble, so that's nice. Fumble was recovered by the Vikings. Delvin Cook, wonderful, wonderful debut for him. 22 rushes, 127 yards overall. He had a late little surge there, 33-yard play late in the game when the Vikings are trying to run the clock down, but an overall awesome game. Averaged 4, 5.8 a carry. That did help that little run at the end, but you're seeing a star born in Delvin Cook, and that's so exciting to see a young running back. Uh, you're seeing stuff out of Delvin Cook that you didn't see out of Adrian Peterson. A little more patience, and yes, Adrian Peterson is a legendary running back, and he likes to run the ball up the gut, and we'll talk about that in a second, how he spoke to uh, Sean Payton. That's basically what he wanted the Saints to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Delvin Cook, though, you're seeing patience, but you're also seeing a guy that can be on the field for three downs. And poor Latavius, he's the victim of that at this stage. Only two rushes in the game. And, of course, a fumble loss along the way as well. Six yards, though, eh, you know. Latavius's role will improve or will get, will build during the course of the season, I'm sure. Jarek McKinnon also, well, didn't see much action in that side of things. But on special teams, there's a kick returner. I kind of predicted it. I had a feeling because look how good he looked late in the preseason there. That's the guy. That's your kick returner. It's not uh, it's not Coley. And it's not Adams, who wasn't even active during the game, which is kinda like, hmm, Jarek McKinnon, he looks awesome in kick returns. Uh, he had a long of 39, 27 on average for four kick returns in the game. And just he looks great. And I think that's your guy right now. You found uh you found something to utilize Jarek McKinnon's skills if he's not gonna get a whole lot of touches. Obviously, he's a three-down type of running back as well, even though he's a situational running back in the grand scheme of things due to his limited size, and, you know, he's not at Delvin Cook's level overall. Let's be honest here. Um, I love Jarek McKinnon, and I'm so happy he's here. There's your kick returner. I mean, he's the kind of guy that could take it all the way, without a doubt. Fair catch, Sherrills did a lot of that in the game, but, well, you know, he had some mild returns. He had a 13-yard return, which was nice. He's the kind of guy, again, he'll fair catch, or you never know. If he gets a tiny bit of freedom out there, he might go all the way, and that's why we like fair catch Sheryl's in a big way as a punt returner, the former Gopher cornerback along the way. Ryan Quigley only had to punt twice in the game because the Vikings' offense was great after a pretty weak first quarter. Oh, God, that was scary. It was kind of like classic, okay, at least we're not allowing the Saints to score, but my god, this offense sucks. And I'm sick of watching a sucky offense. But then you noticed it's like Sam Bradford has time. So, okay, Sam, let's let, let's go here. And then you know, and then Sam Bradford noticed that the Saints secondary wasn't really covering the receivers very well. Our receivers were quite open, in fact, yeah. And then he took advantage of it. And bam, Adam Thielen winds up with nine catches, 157 yards. That's just a uh, an amazing, uh, that's a record for a uh, Viking receiver in a uh, season opener. Nine catches, 157 yards. Stefan G- Diggs, pardon me, had a couple of spectacular plays along the way, including his touchdown, just a spectacular. The first touchdown along the way, two touchdowns in the game. So fantasy players re- rejoice there. Kyle Rudolph wound up in the end zone later on, which put the Vikings in wonderful position as the lead continued to build and build and build. Delvin Cook did get three catches for 10 yards. Nothing spectacular, but at least, you know, at least you're seeing him active on the receiving side as well. Laquan Treadwell had a highlight. He had a highlight. You know what it was? He caught the ball once for seven yards. So, and he was targeted once as well. (laughs) But that's a highlight because he only had one catch last year. So there it is. He he, He got another catch. Targeted three times. Caught one ball last season. There he is. He has now equaled last season's receptions few less yards. Though. He's got to catch up. So, Laquan Treadwell. At least he caught the ball and I was right about that prediction. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm, I'm losing my mind and I'm, I apologize. Oh, yeah, I might seem a little weird, but do you blame me? I'm a little weird. I'd like to record the show like right after the game or maybe a couple hours after the game. Sit, kind of absorb it, listen to what people have to say on the on the fan lines and such. It's nice to listen to that, kind of gather it in. Today I'm you know a couple days late. Day late and a dollar short. Hopefully the dollar short part isn't uh, the case, but we'll see. No, <laughs> um, but this is what a Vikings team can look like when you have a good offensive line and the Vikings defense plays up to what we know they can do. The my, the Vikings defense looked like the Mike Zimmer defense that we grew to love in 2015, and we adored starting out the season in 2016, and then things kind of snowballed in a different direction last year as the offensive line continued to get more hurt and more crappy. You bring in Jake Long, he wasn't ready to play the first week, but we rushed him in there anyway. God knows what the mindset was there. That probably helped lead to uh, Mr. Uh, Norv Turner's departure. I think there was a disagreement along the head coach, along the coaches and the and all that, uh, offensive coordinator and the coach with that one. I think there was a little battle there, and that's where things went after that. <laughs> Next thing you know, Norv Turner's no longer with the Vikings. Um, Jake Long got better, and then, then, and then he tore his Achilles tendon, and he's done. Um, heartbreaking there, <sighs> but now you got a decent, a decent offensive line. I mean, Pat Elf line looks awesome. Nick Easton is solid. It's a group of players that are all kind of quiet, collected, and they just go out and play. They're not boisterous and crazy like Alex Boone, who was fun, entertaining, but he wasn't that good. Uh, he used to be good, but you know, injuries and wear and tear and. And just sometimes, you know, sometimes it's all bark and no bite, and the bite was missing, and this offensive line looks damn good. Stay healthy, please. That's all i got to say. I mean, even, even Remmers was solid. He had a couple moments there that weren't so good. He's one of the weak links, I'd have to say, but, oh, well, you know, eh, nobody's perfect, right? Uh, Reef looks all right. Riley Reef looks all right. Elf line looks like a future star center in this league. I don't know about an elite center, but he's going to be something, and it's really cool to see. Um Awesome. That's what happens when you have a good offensive line. You have a confident quarterback and the defense plays well. It was a total team effort. I mean they say football's a team game. This was an example of a team game, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. This was a team this was a team game in a huge way. Good solid running game. In fact, downright excellent running game. I mean again, Delvin Cook looks like a ten time pro bowler. He might not go that many times, but maybe he will. Sam Bradford looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback, even though, again, Pro Bowl doesn't always mean, it doesn't mean as much as it used to, but yeah, it's still, uh, okay, let's say all pro. He looks like a good, you know, these look like all pro players here. Um, And I talked extensively about the weapons Sam Bradford has to to throw the ball to. Stefan Diggs is an outstanding receiver, if healthy. He's, he's had an oft-injured history, and that's why he dropped to the fifth round. Adam Thielen, of course, small school guy from Detroit Lakes. Next thing you know, once he gets an opportunity and he starts getting more and more snaps, look at him now, man. Adam Thielen, that's a guy that might make the Pro Bowl. I mean, wow, Adam Thielen. Laquan Treadwell kind of is what he is at this point. I don't know. I hope he can continue to develop and progress in his career. Not 100% sure, though. Um, Jarius Wright deserves... Limited snaps in the league, and he had a nice little twenty-one yard reception that helped along the way. Obviously, Kyle Rudolph is, you know, eh, he 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 caught all three passes thrown to him this time, and he's a nice uh, he's a nice safety net out there on the field as well. You gotta love uh, what Kyle Rudolph brings. He can be an elite tight end. Sometimes he can frustrate you when he drops those those uh, drops those those easy like passes, you know, fifteen yards down. I mean, it's not even like it's easy, but it's catchable and just bring it in, damn it. And it could turn turn that thing into a 30-yard play and never know with, with the, the ability he has to have yards after catch, of course. Uh, McKinnon even had three catches and scampered a couple of times a 25-yard scamper in one of those catches along the way, which obviously boosted his numbers in a huge way because he had 32 total yards along the way. So only seven yards on the other two catches. Just kind of little bailout plays there along the way for Sam Samuel Bradford. But Diggs and Thielen, I mean, they are excellent receivers. They have wonderful futures in this league, and they're weapons for Sam Bradford for this offense to continue to be what it can be, with a good offensive line. The running game, the receiving, it was a perfect storm of excellent offense, and outstanding defense along the way. And that's about it, man. I mean, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> very encouraging. Now it's just, let's put it together again, because this was obviously a bad defense, and the Vikings took advantage of it. Now you got to play the steel curtain at least this at least the 2017 version of the steel curtain Mike Tomlin obviously one of the best coaches in the league the defense of Pittsburgh is always well it's not what it was but it's still you know dangerous and obviously their offense is extremely dangerous you have a, a quarterback that I'm not a huge fan of but he is a hall of fame quarterback <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in segment number 2 of the NFL roundup and previous segment love segment number 2 and I think a lot of you out there agree with that <laughs> with that thought process um, the uh, the first quarter was frustrating but then you saw the baby gloves come off Sam Bradford and now you're seeing something I mean he never had good line protection he never had a good team around him now he does and bada bing bada boom let's just pray to God this is an old 5-0 and going to 8-8 again I kind of don't think it will go either direction I think the Vikings will have a they're going to have a winning record this year I don't think we're going to be talking about 14-2 and two necessarily, but I don't think we're going to be talking about 8-8 eight and eight again or anything garbage like that. So, that's the encouraging sign. Let's talk about Adrian Peterson a little bit here. A couple of uh, legendary Ring of Honor Vikings, Ring of Honor <laughs> players here. Randy Moss, of course, he was honored during halftime. That was fun. Interesting conference call on Monday as well, before the game. The guy loves the Vikings. He loves Minnesota, and that's cool. Um, came from the country, all that. He's got a little bit of a He's, he's got a couple rough edges, but then again, who doesn't? I mean, I get pissed off. I like to break a window sometimes with my fist some, some days. But luckily, I don't do it very often, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> he was kind of going on about that a little bit. Sometimes, I don't know, at least he said some of his uh, issues were self-inflicted. So at least he's willing to admit it, unlike the other guy, Adrian Peterson, who doesn't admit anything. In fact, he's downright... You know, I I love the guy, and then now I kind of don't. And it's not just because he left the team. It's just his attitude seems to deteriorate and deteriorate. Every single year, it just gets worse. I mean, he doesn't want to take responsibility for a damn thing. Um, And it's kind of weird. Like, we gave it away in New Orleans. He was saying that when he looked up at the championship uh, banner in the Superdome. We gave it away, or you gave it away, Adrian. I mean, you don't fumble at the goal line when you have, like, a hole the size of... The San Andres fault in front of you. You te- you hold onto the ball and run it in. Two, it was like three. It was like maybe uh, one step forward. That that that's all it took. I mean, like walking through a door for cripes' sake. And I said Cripe, so don't get too mad. I mean that that that's all it was. Walk through the damn door, man. And he couldn't walk through the door. He just couldn't do it. It's like you dropped the damn can of paint in the threshold and you just ruined the whole freaking floor. That's basically what he did there. And that was the end of the. Situation for Adrian in that case. (laughs) But, uh, no, they all kind of did give it away. Obviously, Adrian Peterson's interception didn't help. Excuse me, Adrian Peterson. Brett Favre's interception did not help. That was extremely frustrating. It's amazing that despite the fumbling, the Vikings almost won that game. It just tells you how well the Vikings were playing in that game. It's unbelievable. Um, And it tells you how good that team was. They almost won that freaking game, even with all those fumbles. And, you know, the Vikings still maybe would have had a chance, but when you had uh, Cedric Griffin go out with the ACL on a kick return so he couldn't be out there in the secondary, and you had guys like, uh, what was that guy's name? Ah, uh, guy drafted in the third round, who couldn't play worth crap. I don't even want to remember him now. I can't remember. Mm, it'll come back maybe one of these days, but couldn't guard his grandmother even though it may have been a lame pass interference call, but let's let's leave that alone. That's eight years ago, so mm, doesn't help. But uh, yeah, and he didn't acknowledge the other thing, too. I mean, there were two sides to that, too. I think the media and the Pittsburgh Nation kind of overdid it a little bit in 2014, but he pretty much didn't take responsibility at all pretty in that one either. It was kind of lame, too. So yeah, let's just leave that as is for the moment. The look in his eyes in that press conference were kind of scary. Or not press conference, but it was like, you know, the media gathering, you know, where they all kind of get around the player. They have their MP3 recorders with slash microphones. You know, you used to have little microphones that have recorders. Now it's MP3 recorders. In some cases, you might even use a cell phone because you could, it's a digital recorder on your cell phone. I mean, as long as you can hear what, uh, yeah, as long as you can hear what the guy is saying, you can write your blog or newspaper or have your quote for your podcast, which maybe I should go there and get some credentials. I probably should have many years ago, but that's kind of my own thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish I wasn't so damn busy. I would have had credentials probably seven years ago. Hmm. Oh, well. That's my, well, that's my own regret there. But the look in the guy's face as I ramble away too much uh, was kind of weird. I mean, he had those, he was doing that squint, kind of like that narcissistic squint people have in their eyes when they're just like, you know, you know, it's whatever. I, I know better. I could have done better, but they didn't listen to me. And uh, I, I I should have had the ball probably 25 times in this game. I would have kicked their ass. Well, that was kind of the look in his eyes along the way, even though it was all basically a bunch of denial. And, no. Oh, I understand my role with this team, and there's no disagreement between me and Sean Payton. Even. And then he was giving Sean Payton a pretty deadly look and stare. Everybody's talked about it a million times, and he was basically saying... Run inside, run it up the, you know, run it, run it up their ass. That's like, that's basically what he was. That is what he was saying. When you read his lips, he was saying "run it up their ass" and the death stare. And Payton just gave him like a like a half a second look, and turned back around, like okay. And that was about it. Just okay. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. The narcissism of Adrian Peterson is kind of painful. I I want to like the guy, and at least he acknowledged Delvin Cook looks really good, and he's going to be a star in this league, and he looked sincere when he said that. Uh, He does have warm feelings towards a lot of players in the Vikings locker room. So that's good. So he's not a total narcissist. He's got a good side to him, but boy, that narcissistic side is kind of scary to watch. So that's the one thing that can bother anybody at times. (laughs) God bless him, though, and good luck in New Orleans. The chances of him remaining there during the course of the season, I don't know, man. Uh, Maybe 50%. I wouldn't be surprised if they caught him like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finally got sick of... uh, was it Keyshawn Johnson. They just cut him. Because he's just an ass. You know, Keyshawn Johnson is an ass. And the Bucks finally had enough and cut his ass. And I wouldn't be surprised if a similar thing happens in New Orleans at some point along the way. As great as Drew Brees is, it's just a mediocre team. I mean, they're dangerous. They have their games. I mean, Drew Brees might throw for his 5,000 yards and this and that and 38 touchdowns and all that. But they suck. I mean, there's just, there's no defense. It's not a total team. Um <sighs> They still suck. The offense is so good that it makes them competitive, but there's not enough. There's not enough to go around right there for that team to do a whole lot. Uh, seven and nine at best, and I don't know. I'm sorry, Adrian, but that's kind of where you are right now, and it is what it is, brother. It is what it is. Let's pass out the awards for the show. Fran Tarkington Award goes to Sam Bradford. Without a doubt, awesome week. It shows what happens. It shows what he can do when he has good protection in front of him. I've mentioned that 100 times. 84 completion percentage. 84%. 346 yards. Three touchdowns. Only sacked once. See? Good protection. Quarterback rating 143. No turnovers. And turnovers can happen even against bad defenses. Uh, He outplayed Drew Brees and good for him. Obviously, the Vikings' defense, a little bit more stifling than the Saints' defense, but you know what? Go get them, and great game, Sam Bradford. Uh, Honorable mention, strong honorable mention to Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and the whole Vikings' defense, especially the front line there. Outstanding overall game. Vikings only had one sack in the game as well, which is kind of funny, but that run defense against Adrian Peterson when he had a small chance to score in the red zone did not get the job done. Everson Griffin, the lone sack guy in the game. Um, one other thing I should mention too is Trey Waynes did lead the team in total tackles. He was thrown to a lot because he was getting tested. He looked shaky at times and he looked good at times. And I think Trey Waynes again, he, you know, he's got a little bit of the Xavier Rhodes in him, where Xavier started out kind of. I think he's starting a little slower than Xavier. By now Xavier kind of had uh, found his niche and he became a, a, the star cornerback he is. But Trey Waynes continues to take steps forward, and I think again, I, I think he's headed to becoming one of the better uh, cornerbacks. Not a great blow. I don't think he'll be as good as Xavier Rhodes, but he'll be like a lesser version, something along the way. Trey Waynes looks more and more the part, though, uh, starting cornerback in this league, and that's very encouraging, to say the least. Um, I could go on and on about the defense, but I went on and on about the offense here because the offense is what people were worried about. The defense, people weren't as worried about it necessarily, except for the secondary kind of a little bit. Um, Even... uh, Just overall, a solid performance. And uh, when uh, Alexander was out there as well, looked okay. And thankfully, thankfully, (laughs) things were all right for him along the way. So we are going to, again, pass out. uh, I gave the Fran Tarkin an award to Sam Bradford. The Christian Ponder Memorial. I guess it's Kai Forbath because he missed an extra point. Just make your extra points. Stop making, stop giving us nightmares of, uh, Blair Walsh here. Make your extra points, Blaze. That's scary, man. That's the second extra point missed, and don't uh, don't think I haven't been kind of subtly writing it down, at least giving myself mental notes about that. That's the second one missed by uh, Kai Forbath since last season, since he came around in the middle of the year. Uh, urban legend is, well, it's Adrian Peterson in general. Just a weird attitude. And A lot of stir athletes kind of get this way. I mean, even Favre kind of acknowledged he was kind of burnt and done. You know, he he kind of did, and a a lot of guys don't acknowledge it. Peterson just refuses to, and that continues to be the urban legend. So that's it. Let's wrap things up. Come back for segment number two, NFL NFL slash NFC North Roundup and the preview for the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Segment number two of this week's edition of Purple Mafia. The NFL Roundup, NFC North especially, and of course the preview going into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Gotta love segment number two. Let's talk about that Kansas City Chiefs and doing the Patriots game. What the hell happened? Hey, what's going on over there? World Champion Patriots. They look like they were world as in H W H I. Yeah, okay, world. You know, like a whirlwind. They look like crap. Um,. They looked good early on, I suppose, but then the Chiefs just kind of took control of the game and just pounded the Patriots into submission. It was quite frustrating. Uh, The Patriots had moments, yes, but that fourth quarter was, like, horrendous. I mean, what the hell? Kansas City just totally took over. Three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Alex Smith looked awesome and good on him. Four touchdowns overall in the game, almost 400 yards, Brady. Completion percentage, 44%. He looked pretty bad. He looked like he was 40, and that sucks considering how good Brady has looked for so long. Uh, Kareem Hunt, amazing debut for him. 17 rushes, 148 yards for him. He did lose a fumble in the game, so na na boo boo there. Me being a fan of the Patriots a little bit there. Uh, unfortunately for uh, them, oh, they're 1-0, or they're 0-1, pardon me. I'm losing my mind here. Uh, not the first time the Patriots started poorly, though. Remember 2014, Brady looked kind of rough, kind of bad. And boy, is he done now? And then guess, look what happened after that. They kind of rolled after that and ended up <laughs> squeaking by the Seattle Seahawks for that Super Bowl title. So I'm not giving up on them just yet. Buffalo versus New York. Yikes. Well, 21-12, to 12, Buffalo wins. The Jets are tanking. They are absolutely tanking. The New York tanks are just end the season. That's a Jets stands for. At this point, Jets, Jets, J-E-T-S, just end the season. And that's what they're trying to do, is uh, focus on the draft. They are focusing on April, not on September through December or anything like that. Atlanta-Chicago, well, let's save that. Pardon me, that is the NFC North preview. We're saving Pittsburgh-Cleveland because that's, yeah. Uh, Keep moving. Oakland looked pretty good. This is a pretty nice matchup. Oakland and Tennessee, a lot of people like the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to win their division but they got beat by the Oakland Raiders, and that's the team I picked to win the Super Bowl. On the road, very impressive road win for the Oakland Raiders. It's just the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have <laughs> had an even better game. That's why they're considered the first-place team right now in the AFC West. I mean, just an amazing game. If you want to do the college ranking thing, it's just that kind of situation. I mean, they pounded the Patriots in Foxborough. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Um, impressive win for both of them. You know what? The Chiefs might go 14-2, and but you know what they're going to do, right? You know what they're going to do. They do it all the time. They have these great records, and they've been doing it since Steve Bono was quarterback, Elvis Gerbach was quarterback. The only time they actually did something in the playoffs was when Joe Montana was the quarterback, and he took them to the AFC title game, only to lose to the doggone freaking Buffalo Bills, which was really lame. I'd rather have seen Joe Montana in one more Super Bowl, but it wasn't meant to be. Maybe they would have beat those stupid Cowboys, but okay, that's only about 24 years ago, so maybe I shouldn't worry about it too much. Raiders look great. Uh, Tennessee shows uh, excellence at moments. There are some highlights along the way, but I don't know, every game has some highlight. Uh, 26-16 win for the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion, in my opinion, Oakland Raiders, and good for them. Uh, Derek Carr looks solid, obviously. 262, two touchdowns along the way, and no turnovers. Quarterback rating 114, good for him. Marcus Mariota, not so much. That Raiders defense did a pretty good job on him in the game, and uh, good on them. Marshawn Lynch looks really good so far, 76 yards on the ground. Let's keep moving. I don't want to drag this too far. I'm not here to, like, review the game necessarily. Uh, Philadelphia and Washington, that's an important matchup. The Eagles burn the, the Redskins pretty bad there on the road. Nice win for Philadelphia. Watch out for them. That NFC East is going to be very interesting, just like the AFC West. going to be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> NFC East and, and AFC West, absolutely. Philly 30-17 to over the Redskins on the road. How about that? I mean, mm, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, who's this guy? 30 points on uh, the Redskins defense, which isn't that good. But, hey, again, take advantage of it. And Wentz did it in a pretty good way. He had two turnovers, though. Mm, Oh, well, that's his problem, right? (laughs) Kirk Cousins was the problem for Washington. Not so good. Not the only problem, obviously, but, well, kind of. He fumbled the ball twice. He had an interception. That didn't help. And quarterback rating not so good and all that. So it is what it is. Good job, Philly. Jacksonville crushed the Houston Texans what is up with the road teams crushing uh, crushing this week it's insane There's there's one even more amazing first game and i know it's the first game so really weird stuff can happen i'm looking at another one right below it it's just like okay but jacksonville i mean uh, they're talking about bringing in colin paperneck uh, at one point and like they'd be okay with it next thing you know they didn't and blake bortles is named the starter okay and the jaguars went 29 to 7 over houston Oh, all right, that's that's good. Um, impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. And uh, Fournette, yeah, he was a he's exciting draft pick coming in. 100 yards, nice debut for him. 17 was his longs. So overall consistency for Leonard Fournette, one of those high, super highfalutin draft picks coming into this year's deal. Lamar Miller was all right for Houston, and he was one of the only positive signs for them. Obviously, quarterback problem in Houston. That's that's the thing. Luckily, the Vikings have Sam Bradford. Because what if we were Dangling around with garbage like we did with Tavares, Jackson, Kelly Holcomb, and and uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, old Bollinger Band, you know that's a stock thing. Yeah, old old Bollinger, the former <laughs> Wisconsin Badger. That was a terrible season back in two thousand six and seven. Those years, two thousand seven, six was mostly uh... yeah Jackson and Brad Johnson. Yuck! Oh God, two thousand seven was just horrendous. Um, Blake Bortles, well, he wasn't that good in the game, but they won.
1: Uh... <laughs>
0: Jacksonville, good on them though. I mean, their defense did a good job in the game. They were outstanding, and uh, wow, um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that Jacksonville was able to kick some booty there. Uh, that's kind of what happens, though. Um, yeah, I mean, you get a uh, you get a 67 yard return along the way by Tishon Gibson. That kind of stuff helps, and obviously, it's mostly. Houston's terrible quarterbacking. I'm thinking I'm spending a little too much time on that. Let's keep going. Los Angeles Rams forty-six to nine over the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, did you hear that? Forty-six to nine over the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Um, okay, the Rams scored forty-six points. I. I uh, wow. Yeah, they did. Um, amazing. Jared Goff was taken first overall, and he looked like it for the most part. Seventy-two percent. Three hundred yards, only one touchdown, but hey, accurate, high quarterback rating. There you go. And of course, the Naples Colts flat suck. Uh, Scott Tolzine and his four, his two interceptions and quarterback rating, not even thirty-four, thirty-three point eight. That helps too. Uh, Chuck Pagano, I'm sorry, dude. That uh, it's uh, it's over, Johnny. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna survive the season. And that's pretty much all I gotta say about that. Um, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. And of course, yeah, it doesn't help that Andrew Luck was not playing. But it doesn't matter if Andrew Luck is playing or not at this point for the Colts. What, what's the what's the best they're gonna do? Eight and eight. Pagano, uh, yeah, it's time to go. Unfortunately for him, Carolina, their defense is back rolling again, 23 to nine over the 49ers. Dallas over New York. What the crap happened to the freaking Giants? What the hell, man? And I- anytime you thought something was... was they're, they're developing some type of a good drive there on Sunday Night Football, which is the pride of football right now. Sunday Night footballs are like this. It's always the best game of the week. Um, at least it tries to be, and this one wasn't, Um I, but I always watch it. 19-3, to 3, Dallas just looked... they don't look like a well-oiled machine, but they look good, and New York looked like crap, and a lot of people picking the New York Giants, actually, to win the NFC... yeah, the NFC East... Because they're well, you know, they have a good defense, and Eli Manning has won Super Bowls, and he's he's that little engine that could. Even though he was a number one overall pick, he you know, but people kind of looked at him as some kind of a crazed lunatic for a while there. couldn't Couldn't handle it <laughs> like a dummy, and then he showed everybody what he really is—a a winner when he when when the odds are against him. But I guess when they're favored to win games, they don't do a good job, and yuck, uh, they look like crap out there. People weren't hanging on to the ball, and whatever, 19-3 to 3 there. Denver squeaking past the Los Angeles Chargers. I gotta get used to that one. They were the Chargers way, way, way back in the 60s, but I wasn't around that long ago. And, yeah, I mean, that's a long time ago. So, 24-21, to 21, kind of a meh Monday night game that followed the Vikings. And, of course, Tampa and Miami for obvious reasons postponed due to somebody named Irma. Um, yeah. That's obvious reasons. Both cities unavailable for that game um, at the moment. So, <laughs> Sunday was not the time and place to be in Florida, unfortunately. And uh, I'm not saying that to be <laughs> to be funny because there's nothing funny about it. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't worse than it was, I suppose. I've heard it's you know, there's still a lot of damage. But, mm. well, NFC North review. Which one should I go to first? Let's go to Chicago-Atlanta, the defending NFC champions. Well, they're 1-0, and and they beat a not-so-good Chicago team, but at least the Bears kind of hung in there, and good for them for that at the bare minimum. 23-17 to in Soldier Field, the revamped Soldier Field over the last couple of years here. 23-17, they don't look great, but they look good enough, Atlanta, Matt Ryan and all that. There was a lot of storyline going in with him. Uh, lots of videos, conversation and how, you know, it's tough, tough on the guy going through what they did last year after such promise and the way things kind of went south in a quick hurry for them. Julio Jones continuing to be what he is. 66 yards, but Austin Hooper was the main star for Atlanta in the game. Only two catches, but an 88-yard uh, play to pay dirt. Awesome play, and that was one of the reasons the uh, Falcons beat on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, um, just... A lot of mediocrity in Chicago right now. I mean, Jordan Howard had a m- okay game. Just okay. Uh, Tariq Cohen, nice, spectacular 46-yard scamper. But other than that, not so much. Glennon is just okay, and that's about it. He's just okay. He's a band-aid for the moment until it's time for Trubisky to take over. And let's talk about getting used to something. It's going to be hard to say that name on a regular basis if he goes on to be a pretty good player. Just sounds kind of weird. Uh, Chicago Bears are hanging around at the bottom there. It's... The rest of the NFC North won, so Chicago is probably going to be staying where they are at the moment. They're in sole possession of last place. Detroit beat the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona looked good for a little while, there. 10-0 game, and then here comes Detroit again, just a lot like last year, and Stafford, a guy again who can throw for 5,000 yards. Well, he threw for 300, and he was solid. Of course, there's always an interception in there, just like his counterpart, Carson Palmer. I've compared these two guys a lot, and well, but overall, four touchdowns. Stafford really, really stood out there against an Arizona defense that was good, and it isn't anymore. And Carson Palmer was good, and he isn't anymore. Um, three interceptions, low low completion percentage, looked like crap. Detroit just pounded on this team, and man, I mean, after a solid start, uh, David Johnson's out a couple months with his wrist injury. That really sucks. Had a fumble along the way. David Johnson, one of the best running backs in football heartbreaking for Arizona, just an overall devil of a game, um, they were manhandled by the Lions after that first quarter, that 10 nothing first quarter, um, Arizona saved face with a touchdown and a two-point conversion with about a minute and a half remaining and boy, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln how was the play, this is a perfect example of that Detroit looking excellent and that kind of sucks a little bit as good as the Vikings looked, Detroit looked really, really, really good Larry Fitzgerald still looks the part. A lot of people think wouldn't be or wouldn't be surprised if he dropped off a little bit this year because I mean he's got to drop him at some point. He's getting really old, but hey, keeping it up and good on you, Larry Fitzgerald. Seventy-four yards along the way, one of the few positives for Arizona in this one. I mean Palmer was, Palmer looked ancient because he is ancient, and yeah, and he's had multiple ACLs. <sighs> I like Bruce Arians an awful lot. I feel for him, and uh, uh, it's probably his last year there. Um, um uh, if as long as health concerns don't take over his uh his life, uh, you know, like, and I don't mean in a major way, but I mean as long as health concerns don't keep him out of coming back, I hope he resurfaces on another NFL franchise at some point because I do think this is it for uh, this group, yeah, and and it's unfortunate. It just is what it is. I mean, it's. it's Maybe, I mean, maybe they keep him. They just make changes. Obviously, you have to change the quarterback position and, you know, hope to get some good draft picks along the way and young prospects continue to develop like Honey Badger and such, provided he doesn't get hurt again. <laughs> oh, boy. Green Bay. Ah, I don't want to talk about this. Go away. Just just go away. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Yeah, the Packers won. 17-9. to I'm sick of Seattle, too, so that's the positive. And that's about it. Seattle lost yes, Seattle lost, I love it I agree with Justin Mayer, Henry, there was a post on there, um, I don't think he posted an, oh yeah, he mentioned me, that's how I got included in there, yeah <laughs> I love watching Seattle lose I hate watching Green Bay win, but I love watching Seattle lose, it's like you just wish there was an earthquake and both teams kind of fell in and none of the fans got hurt, that type of thing, yeah, that type of thing just just the field, you know, just the players um, maybe we'll spare the coaches some of them, but yeah, I don't know Obviously, I don't really mean it, but, God, I hate them both so much. Mm. Packers win in a pretty ugly game, 17-9, uh, to 9, and it's always going to be ugly when the sea chickens are on the field. I, God, I hate them. Um, Russell Wilson, 52%, did not have a good game. The Packers defense actually kind of looked okay, and Russell Wilson struggled as well. Just not a good game for the sea chickens, and ha, ha, ha. Um Rodgers threw for a lot of yards and everything, over 300. Did have a turnover, and they faced a very tough Seattle defense. Obviously sacked four times. Wilson sacked three times, believe it or not, as he's always getting away from everybody all the time. Tell us about that one. Not a fun game to watch at all, regardless if you like both of these teams or hate both of these teams or prefer one of them or the other. Not a very fun game to watch. Um, Randall Cobb was very solid, though, and good on him. I don't like him very much, He kind of, but obviously it's because of the jersey he wears. Um, one valuable receiver after another, and that helped uh, Aaron Rodgers' cause along the way. Cobb, Jordy Nelson, and of course Rodgers helped their cause as well. That's um, no surprise. Packers 1-0, and they got past Seattle, a team that I have going to oh, the NFC title game. Maybe Green Bay will be in the NFC title game against Seattle, against Tampa, or maybe this is a preview of the NFC title game. I don't know, but Green Bay's 1-0, and it sucks. So there it is. You got a log jam. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that a lot of people have going to the Super Bowl, a team that everybody had at least going to the NFC title game last year, if not the Super Bowl. Um, A team that a lot of people have at least going to the NFC title game this year, if not the Super Bowl. I resisted the temptation to do that because the Raiders. I think the Raiders are better. I do. Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys who keeps threatening retirement, a, a guy who so many times over the past of years would exit games because of shoulders, because of his shoulder. Stuff like that, eventually, like when is the guy going to just retire? <laughs> God bless him, but when is he going to retire? An improved Cleveland team, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Kaiser is fun to watch. I like him. And he's from the, uh, you know, he's, he's from Ohio, he's from the Cleveland area, and good on him. Um... Good on him and good on the Browns. A very good draft. Shout out to Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast, a Browns fan and Los Angeles Lakers and a Timberwolves fan as well. That's why he listens to Timberwolves Explosion and listens to this show as well because just, he's a he's a great guy out of Australia, Melbourne, Australia. I like the Cleveland Browns and I want them to succeed. I, I really do. So good on them for making things interesting. But... To the task at hand, Pittsburgh's got a lot of stars, and uh, their offense is awesome. Um, that's the straw that stirs the drink more than their defense. It's not really the steel curtain anymore. They, uh, you know, their defense is okay. They show up to play. They they force turnovers. That's one of the big things, and they get in the they get in the backfield at times. Force you know, they get a couple sacks. like they you know, did on the young athletic Deshaun Kaiser, Deshawn Kaiser, um, and good on them there. That's where they're able to win twenty-one to eighteen. Not the most impressive game, but still. Cleveland's defense looking better than it has in the past. It's a road game. It's not easy. The last time the Vikings won in uh, Pittsburgh, it was Three Rivers Stadium, not uh, Heinz Field, and that was a long time ago. Uh, The Vikings crushed that club. Who was the quarterback? It was 95? Yeah, Warren Moon was the quarterback. The Vikings scored 44 points in that game. Um, Around halftime, there was a too-many-men-on-the-field call on Pittsburgh... I heard somebody say it was the Vikings. No, it was Pittsburgh, and Tom Bill Cower—I must call him Tom. I'm getting everybody mixed up. Bill Cower was going ape, ape, saying, "Hey, there were not too many men on the field," and he had the photograph, and he pushed that thing with his index finger into the ref's pocket. I don't know what would have happened today if he did that, but he didn't touch the ref, so I suppose he wouldn't get kicked out. Um, he. Pushed that thing into the ref's uh, cigarette pocket. That's what they call that thing, even though hopefully the ref doesn't smoke for his sake. <laughs> and and his pocketbook. He um, pushed it in there saying, hey, there were not too many men on the field, and he gave him a hard time, and the Vikings went on to blow the crap out of the Steelers that game. Much to uh, Bill Cowher's chagrin, as the frustration set in there. That's the last time the Vikings won in Pittsburgh. Um, I can't even remember the Vikings beating them other than that game, hardly. Uh, you got Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league today, and he's been one of the best the last several years. He got, came on the came on the scene back in 04 Took the Steelers to 15 and one. They lost in the first round slash well, the bye game. So second round, they lost their first playoff game. Came back the next year on the road, which the Vikings we wish they would have done in '99 after their 15 and one upset, and went on and won the Super Bowl despite going on the road. And damn it, why can't the Vikings do that? Uh, Steelers would win again against the. Arizona Cardinals, blah, 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 blah. I'm going way too far into it. But Reilersberger has accomplished an awful lot in his career. Um, lots of turnover at the running back position. They went back to the Super Bowl, lost to Packers, blah, blah, blah. Now you got Le'Veon Bell. And I keep getting him mixed up with Lavar Ball and all that. Oh, that drove me crazy. I was like, wait, who who is this? But, yeah, Le'Veon Bell looked on as one of the best running backs in football, and there's no doubt there. Um, sometimes there's health concerns with him, but I guess you could say that with anybody. Uh, Steelers focused on receiving in this game in a huge way, and Antonio Brown is, well, he's another stud, superstar receiver, top three guy in the league, up there with Julio Jones and and Beckham and others along the way. Top three, top five guy in the league. That's the guy to worry about, I think. Um, Le'Veon Bell is a fantastic running back, but the Vikings' rush defense has just been awesome. Again, my main focus coming into this one is Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Really, the passing game of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, is the whole key. If the Vikings can get to Ben Roethlisberger, get some sacks, maybe even guest ever force a fumble or turnover, they can win on the road and finally end the, uh, the drought over there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If not, well, yeah, uh, but the Vikings will lose the game because of the... Uh, the passing game of Pittsburgh, not the running game as much. I have a lot of confidence in the Vikings uh, front front four there and, and the linebackers to slow Le'Veon Bell enough. If the Vikings are beat on the ground, so be it, but I would be quite surprised. If the Vikings are beat in the air, I would not be surprised. Um, and it's not because I don't think the Vikings can stop this team. I don't think they can beat them, but it, it's, it's, it's just that I think that's the more likely reason the Vikings would not win the game. That's the key. I mean, the keys, obviously, is to hope and pray, get to Ben Roethlisberger, continue that strong defense. Hopefully the secondary can stifle the secondary and the front four can stifle Ben Roethlisberger as well as they did to Drew Brees. So it's one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback here. And it's a road game. It's tougher. And Pittsburgh is just, you know, there's more going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now than the New Orleans Saints. They're just a flat-out better team. They have more stars. Le'Veon Bell is a little better than Adrian at this stage. I mean, I'm sorry Adrian, but Le'Veon Bell's is just a couple levels higher than Adrian Peterson or Kamara or uh, the other guy. Was it Tatum? I believe was his name. Yes. Over there in um, Saint-Land. Uh, the Vikings... Uh, Really, it's it's the defense versus Ben Roethlisberger and uh, and uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, that's what it's all about here. The Vikings should be able to score points in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They give up points. It's not the same Steeler team that it was in the past. That forces you know they will force turnovers. They will get to the quarterback on occasion. They're going to make plays, but they get beat too. They give up yards. They give up points. Similar to last week, in a lot of ways, you just hope and pray to. to slow down the aerial attack of pittsburgh and take advantage of a defense that's not as good as it used to be that's really the key here and you know this might be like kindergarten football analysis but it's kind of what it is right now uh offensive line protection of sam bradford obviously is as key as it gets pittsburgh steelers get to sam bradford and he's on his back four times or so vikings are gonna have a hell of a time here um Aerial attack from the Vikings more important than the running game at this stage. You gotta take advantage of this Pittsburgh defense. Teams can teams can pass on the Steelers, you know, more than they could in the past. So that's really the hope here. The Vikings are gonna beat I mean, whoever has the better air game is gonna win the game. And it's that simple. It's all about quarterbacks this day and age. And obviously both of the teams run defenses are better than their past defenses, I would have to say. Vikings, uh that that's the key. Right now I kind of I'm having a hard time picking a Vikings win, even though I believe they absolutely, I absolutely do believe they can beat the Steelers team. I don't think they're as good as they've been the last couple of years. I mean, this this game kind of told like t- told the story a little bit. The Steelers they they won a game that they didn't play so spectacularly, but then again, I mean, Antonio Brown scares the living bleep out of me. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league, and that's the Vikings' weakness right now is the passing game more so. than than the running game. I'm not scared of Le'Veon Bell, as I am of Antonio Brown and, of course, Ben Roethlisberger. A guy who still, uh, even though he's getting older, is tough to bring down. That's why right now I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh winning the game. I hate to say it. I really do. I think it's going to be one of those ugly black and blue, low-scoring type of games. We're talking the likes of 24 to 17... No, 24 to twenty twenty one something along those lines, 24-20. to 20, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh is going to win the game. I think they're going to be just a little bit better. They're going to drive us crazy. We're going to be in it all the way to the end, and it'll be a play where you have Roethlisberger. It looks like you have him sacked. Next thing you know, he's able to get the ball away and get it to Antonio Brown or God knows, maybe even Le'Veon Bell to get a key first down. It'll change everything. And uh, the game just kind of goes the way of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right now the way I'm leaning. Pittsburgh 24-20, to low-scoring, black-and-blue style. But the Vikings will have a solid game, and they will be in the mix along the way. Um, to me, it's about... Yeah, I mean, higher scoring would mean... I, I, I think if it's a higher-scoring game, I think the Vikings hopefully can escape in this one. Possibly, because that would mean the Vikings' offense is clicking again. But... I don't know. I mean, I I just don't have a good feeling going in this one. I mean, the Vikings. It's just something always goes wrong in Pittsburgh. Some kind of last minute thing. And Ben Roethlisberger is just that kind of guy that gets the job done. So right now, I mean, it's like I'm bouncing all over the place. Twenty, like even as high as thirty-one twenty-seven Pittsburgh to twenty to twenty-four it's like boy it's like subject to change let's 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 stop in the middle i'm going to change it 27 24 pittsburgh open the game a little bit higher scoring because i do have a lot of confidence in the vikings offense now that's not a whole lot more but it, it is more um, it'll it's kind of sucks thinking about the the uh, steelers scoring 27 points on this defense but i think they can which is the problem it's just that's it's their aerial, it's their aerial attack that scares me, and that's why I think the, they would win the game at this stage. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. I better stop now before I twist this any longer. We'll come back. We are going to see the return of Mad Martin's Mad Takes. Dave Martin from Northern Scotland over in the UK area, there, the United Kingdom. Wonderful. You're going to hear his voice right after this.
1: Greetings Joey and uh happy football season to the purple faithful hopefully it's um about 8:20 a.m. tuesday morning here in the uk which is about 2:20 uh midwest time didn't stay up for this game um i've invested too many hours in the past watching matches um with the purple and going to bed com- completely um an pissed off Put it mildly. Um, the only downside to this one is I won't be able to drink a can or ten as, uh, as I progress through the game. I thought this time actually I, I would make comments as uh, the game progresses, so I will probably come back at the half and uh, either rant or say, Yeah, we're doing good. Um, but clearly, from what we saw in the preseason, I'm not overly optimistic. The third preseason game against San Francisco was um, painful to watch. In fact, I think, I think I tweeted to you that I watched it in two sessions because it was that bad, especially on the, the offensive side. Um, the O-line doesn't look any better than last year, and I kind of... If we go down the path we did after the first five games last season, then 6-10 and 10 might be an optimistic appraisal this season. I'll just have a slurp of coffee. Ah, that's better. Coffee's not the same as beer. But anyway... Um, yeah, and the question then becomes: If we do go six and ten, where does this leave the front office? Do we um, or do ownership basically go right? We're going to have to start again, uh, and where will Zimmer be left in this uh, this situation? I'm not I'm not keen on the OC, as you well know. So um, I'm not optimistic on that front. A simple fact is: Can that O line defend the QB? And if not, we are going to be in for a very tiresome eight 16 17 weeks of the season i guess in their defense though this o-line we're going to see tonight hasn't or i'm going to see this one hasn't played together yet so i might be completely wrong and barking up the wrong tree and these guys can actually protect sam and we're going to see some big plays hey i can be optimistic at times i guess guess we'll see what we'll see though um of course we've also got the return of mr adrian peterson who evidently said he wants to stick it to us mm, great use of wordage Mr Peterson or should we just call him stick from now on, anyway I'm going to watch the game, um, hopefully stick man will run for no more than 20 yards or maybe 10 or 15 plays um, I really dislike the taints as well so let's stick it to the taints <sighs> That's what you call a sigh of relief. So I've just watched the first half and our offence finally uh, sparked. Wow. I quite impressed. Sam Bradford launching it down the field. Um bit concerned about the running games. But hey, 16-6 at the half. Explosive plays. We didn't see much of that last year, didn't we? Oh, I'm so excited. All right, calm down. Right, second half. Ah, oh, I shall enjoy that, hopefully. Um, AP. Hmm. Getting a bit of disrespect from old Mr Payton by the looks of it. Hopefully he does sweet FA in the second half. Right, catch you later. Wow, superb performance. We beat the Taints, which is always delicious. A lot of positives to take out of that. We know what our defence is and they did the job. Great uh, red zone defence there, keeping them down to four field goals. Superb. On the offensive side, a lot of positives to take away. Um, a new built offensive line that actually gave Sam some time to with pinpoint accuracy to Digs and Phelan, who put up some pretty, pretty impressive uh, numbers tonight, or this morning in my case. Anyway, a lot there to take in. Kind of like um, Devlin. He looks uh, like he could certainly be interesting at the, in the running back position. Um, also, the other rookies—they—they played well. So, yeah, yeah. All in all, I'm happy. I'm sure everybody in Purple Nation is happy as well. Um, something to look forward to, I guess. Not perhaps as bad as we were anticipating so so far so good um look forward to the podcast my friend and um and uh, let's hope for much the same next weekend another solid performance and uh well fingers crossed take it easy bye guys and
0: wasn't that fantastic thank you very much dave martin over there out of the uk around the scotland area Mad Martin's mad takes makes his mad return to Purple Mafia. That was outstanding. And uh boy, you're quite the prognosticator. My goodness. I mean, you were like dead on on, on a lot of things there with the, Adrian Peterson would uh, wind up with around 20.20 20 yards, something like that. I know you weren't necessarily trying to predict it, but it's funny how it turned out that way and the maybe the offensive line might actually protect. We might see some spectacular plays and yeah, that is what happened. So yeah, pretty cool. Hopefully, hopefully we won't have to talk about a six and ten record and uh, the fire sale and all that good stuff. Uh, that, I hope that's not what's going to happen. Uh, it doesn't look like it so far, but again, I understand you're uh, being quietly optimistic, not uh, overly optimistic, because obviously we've been through a trillion things here with the Minnesota Vikings over the past fifty-six years. So, <laughs> so that's a long time of uh, to, to endure any type of frustration. If you'd like to be like Mad Martin's Mad Takes, you can email a sound, an audio submission, that's what we call it. Audio submission, where you simply do a recording with your smart device, maybe a computer with audacity, whatever it is, your laptop, your desktop, whatever it is, or your smartphone, and email it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com um keep it from like a minute to 3 minutes but on occasion of course we'll see somebody like Mad Martin's mad takes he's got the green card he's got the he's got the gold card or the green light whatever to go longer and yeah and he will be able to have that so <laughs> you know Sebastian is the other one on this show that can do that the uh, the gold card slash green light where you can go longer you can I mean gosh these guys can go 5 to 10 if they really want to but generally speaking We'll keep it 1 to 3, something like that, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will have that information in the show description along with the Twitter account and Facebook. You can use the email address for cut and paste to make it quicker, say you're using a laptop or something, or even sometimes your cell phone, people cut and paste with that, and bada-bing, bada-boom, send the sound file to me, and I uh, slide it right on into Audacity here and get this show rolling in the fan interaction segment, segment number three, which is what this is. Gonna give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven on Facebook. Thank you very much, Trevor Wickerin, who was kind enough to allow me to post links to Pearl Mafia on that Facebook page. We jump on board there and uh, you know, you could in game conversation on there, off season, uh season postseason, whatever it is. Transactions, just general conversation, and of course the Purple Mafia Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Please join that, give that a like, and comment on there in the in game threads, post game threads, and the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show, which is where we will start right now, Where, which is where I met Mad Martin, Dave Martin out there. I want to thank Tanae Wilson Brown and. Vince Germano, today out of New Zealand. Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. Thank you guys very much for retweeting the most recent show to uh, episode 250, 244, pardon me, the season preview. <clears throat> now we'll continue trying to catch up Hope I don't have a frog in my throat. That's the last thing you want when you're doing a show, right? Mad Martin was saying, this is just, yep, he said, uh, watch that game in 32 minutes. Are the sea chickens, oh, that bad? Or the slackers, D, that good? Horrible game. And it was a horrible game. And um, I don't know. Um, I think it's kind of both. I don't know. Uh, kind of a, a bit of both. And and that's kind of typical Seahawks versus whoever. The You know, like sometimes it, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is a slow starter. That's kind of the analysis I'm starting to get. It seems to start off slow. Watch him trend upward during the course of the season, and uh, yeah, and we better be ready for it this time. <laughs> it's kind of like a storm surge, if you know what I mean. It's it's, it's coming. Oh, I, I hope we're ready for it. Uh, Dave Martin continues the next tweet says, "As I'm six hours in the future, we won tonight." And yes, he is six hours in the future because yeah, he's over there in the UK area, UK and Scotland over there, the isle the Isles over there. Uh, we won tonight. Put some cash on it. In all seriousness, I'm not staying up for the game. Watch tomorrow. So, <clears throat> that's funny. Uh He says, in fact, we'll be about six hours behind you guys, so I'm going off the grid until 8 a.m. <laughs> Local no beers with this game tomorrow morning. Yep, so you had to be stick with the coffee, uh, like you heard in the uh, the, uh the Mad Martin's man Takes, the audio submission there. And you know what? That was an awesome format where you kind of start off how you feel coming into the game. And then you get to halftime. You kind of analyze from there. And then post-game analyze from there. You know what? That is perfect. If you want to, keep, keep them coming that way, like during the season, if you want to. that's uh, That was a really, really good format. I, 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 I give that an A+, plus if you want my humble opinion there. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. He continues on the next tweet, says, Let's hope they, him being Dave Martin, let's hope they can stick it to AP and the taints. That's a good one, by the way. Enjoy, my friend. We'll send some audio as I watch. Yep, that is, that. yeah, that was a perfect format. Keep it coming that way. James Batku is also out of the UK, says, Social media blackout begins until I catch up tomorrow. And pardon me if the chair's making a little creaky noise. That's kind of a radio no-no. I apologize for that. Um, yep, I was saying what an amazing drive, and that was, yep, the the tic-tac-toe, one, two, three drive, boom, 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 three, three great plays, three aggressive passes, and three touchdowns along, or three (laughs) into the end zone, I'm going crazy, three catches, three plays to the end zone, that's all it took, um, Mad Martin says, 190 passing yards in the first half, I need a drink, come on, Sam, yep. Uh, very cool. Continues saying, how true? When I was talking about the um, the amazing drive and what a fun game, he says, I'm not getting on the bandwagon until week 12. Yep. <laughs> and sweet to, to see Sticky get nothing out of this game. Send you some audio. And again, thank you very much. Yep. And I'm glad he, he got nothing out of that game. He was saying we've been burned too many times before. Let's see how this pans out. Adam Carlson, he... Was retweeting something from... Okay, that's a different... That's a public tweet, but thank you. He says, cheers, my friend. Had to get to work. So the end was a bit of a rush. (laughs) But the real test for this O comes when we see a real D show up. Yeah, I mean, because Pittsburgh is a better defense, yes. They're better than the Saints. They're not as good as they used to be, but they still have good, talented players. They always do. Um, He says, uh, Dave says, but Sam looked sharp. I like the kid, and what he did last season... With the garbage O-line, now we see, <laughs> yeah, now we just might have an elite quarterback if the O-line holds. That performance left me buzzing, as did the D's red zone a defensive stance, keeping the taint to four field goals. Outstanding effort. And yeah, that, that's amazing when you consider during the Sean Payton and Drew Brees era, who they came together. It was a package deal coming to the Saints. Um, the offense has pretty much been number one, number four, number one, number four pretty much ever since, and this is like 11 years of it. I mean, so to keep them out of the end zone the way the Vikings did was, that's a sign of good things coming uh, as we progress, and we hope to God it's not a drop-off later on. And we wrap up Twitter. Dave Martin says, but I refuse to get excited after just one game. The slackers are the team to beat. Do that and I might just start to buzz. Thumbs up, Pep. I agree there. absolutely, Let's flip, jump over to the Facebook page. I told you how to get there. Just check the show description at this point. <clears throat> and had something up here. Uh, the there we go. the most recent show, a couple comments. Mark Carlson leads it off, saying, Looking forward to listening and just in time for the holiday. Yep, that was Labor Day. And Labor Day is one of those underrated holidays, isn't it? Just like New Year's Day. Not New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I'm not a big party guy. I'm more of like a relaxed, chill guy. And that's what New Year's Day is. Uh, Labor Day is the same. He says, Thanks for putting in the time, Paladino Joey. And you betcha. <laughs> yeah, sure, you betcha, right? And Mark Carlson out of Iowa. The legendary Mark Carlson with the Purple Mafia here and legendary Gerald String out of Nebraska says, listen to the show. And boy, does he have a lot to say here. Woo, yeah, he's intense here. That's what I love about Gerald. Um, he says, on my way to Denver yesterday for meetings, loved all the info and updates. Hope the preseason wasn't a true reflection on how the team will do. Yeah, I, I would sign up for 10-6. and six. All up to the O-line in my book. Great show as usual, Joey. Love all your insights. P.S. If we sign Camberdink, that may be the thing that pushes me over the edge. Would be pretty hard to remain a loyal fan at that point, and I'm being serious. Sorry, but I can't tolerate folks that can't respect the folks that fought and died for our country and freedom. Mm-hmm. They can stick that BLM bullcrap <laughs> where the sun don't shine. If you don't love our country then you're free to leave any time. And I don't want any of that cancer on a team I have been loyal to for as long as I can remember. Our owners and management do not need to stoop to the gutter level to find players for our team. Enough said, Woo! that was intense. (laughs) Oh, man, that was good. Yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with a whole lot you said there. I I really don't, um, And I'll just kind of leave that as is at this point. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Uh, he, mm, yeah, I, it's frustrating to see the things that took place there um, and continues to take place in the NFL. Not everybody is as bad. Not everybody sends as bad a message, but even Robert Smith, though, is not impressed with what with, uh, Colin Kaepernick is doing. You know, because it's just. It's one thing you want to send. You want to send a message, you want to deliver a message, whatever, but then you kind of take it a little too far with all this Castro stuff. Really, Castro? Really? Do we have to stoop to Castro? I mean, okay. Let's move on. I don't want to get too far here. Um, At least seven of the possible ten players at this stage on September 3rd were Dylan Bradley, Kyle Carter. Yep, Kyle Carter did wind up coming here. Coming back, Bronson Hill. So congratulations to him, though. I can be able to get him right back onto the practice squad at the very least. Caleb Jones, Elijah Lee, 7th round pick. (sighs) Still going to have a hard time with this one, but he was a 7th round pick as well. Afidi Odenigbo, defensive end out of Northwestern. Yep, so yeah, we got him on board, back on board. Two of the 7th round picks on board. So at this point, Tocho is missing. Um, Horace Richardson, cornerback out of SMU the, the final of the seven guys, leaving a couple spots open at that stage, just, to, you know, just in case. The Vikings need to bring in someone else along the way. No comments, even though it reached a ton of people and all that. Boy, this thing is uh, frustrating me. Mm, it just reset on me. I don't know why. Okay, well, that's kind of, uh, that's that's how radio is sometimes. I ended up uh, sharing Ali Siddiqai's uh, post about looking back to 2009, the NFC title game when the Vikings had the heartbreaker with the Saints. Jesse Ball says, Nope, still too painful. I hope we knock the stuffing out of Peterson and the Saints on Monday night. And Vikings pretty much did that. So that's awesome news there. Vikings in game thread back and forth with the Saints there. And it kind of, yep, lots of fun, intense conversation. Everybody pretty much uh, in agreement, having fun. Justin Mayor Henry was saying this Cook is pretty impressive. Leland was saying nice way to open the season, see room for improvements, but also seeing a ton of potential. Skull throwing my two cents in. This is Leland continuing. Uh, Leland is out of Iowa. Justin Mayor Henry out of Colorado. Um, he was uh, Leland is throwing his two cents in. Have criticized the O line, but the front four looked great. I'd say the O line or Cook for the Tarkington Award. And, you know, they were absolute candidates. I ended up giving it to uh, Mr. Sam Bradford. He actually won the Offensive Player of the Week Award, which I rudely did not mention in the first segment. I knew it. I had it right here in front of me, and I didn't even bleep and say it. Ay, ay, ay <laughs> Leland was saying, I think we got a center. Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, was saying Trey Wayne's got burnt. And, yes, skull. That was when the Vikings officially won the game. Yep. So, that, those were... Some of those were kind of post ish because I was late posting the post-game thoughts. I was mentioning the inactives, too. Rodney Adams, Tremaine Brock, who he just acquired out of Seattle for a 7th-round pick. Antoine Exum, no major surprise there. Danny Isadora, who has great potential, but inactive at this point. Tackle, Avante Collins. Defensive end to Sean Bauer, who officially was the Mr. Mankato Award winner on the 1500 there. And defensive tackle, Jaleel Johnson. Those are some names you're going to be hearing in the future. Um, boy, this defensive line is so deep. You have guys like that that are so viable. I mean, in 98, this team would have killed to have Jaleel Johnson and Tayshon and Bauer. Ooh, I hope I didn't stutter there. Um, that would have been nice. Vikings versus Saints postgame thoughts. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says offense looks good. Sam had time. Cook is going to be a beast. Justin Mayer Henry said... That was a great way to open up the season. Cook looked amazing. Bradford is looking in sync with receivers. Dillon and Diggs were on fire. Yes, they were. I hope hope they can keep this up. Oh, the defense wasn't too shabby either. Keeping an elite quarterback out of the end zone until garbage time with several goal line stands. Phenomenal. Skull. Sebastian Barton. Out of Mankato, yep, he says, best game this offense has has looked since 2009, easily. You know, pretty much, I mean, pretty much, I was like saying you could say that. Cedric Paulding, he is a star candidate, like I mentioned there. Uh, He was saying, I am really proud of the O-line. They gave up one sack and regained 470 yards of offense tonight. Cedric Paulding is a star candidate. I would say Gerald is as well, and Justin Mayer-Henry so far, Keep moving here. Tony Coleman posted, yep, on one of my replies, was saying, I was saying, let the ret- record show that Adrian Peterson looked scary during this postgame, thoughts. He looked like a serial killer. The look in his eyes. It was just creepy. And Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, I've made it. Yep, he was uh, showing Adrian Peterson with this look of horror, kind of, as he looked up at the scoreboard or replay, whatever it was. He was saying, I've made it. Ter-. Yep, It's a meme saying, I've made a terrible mistake. James Back out of the U.K. says "skull, skull shuffing ole." Wow, <laughs> without a doubt, the best performance I've seen so far. We looked like a good team for a change. Boy, yeah, and he's hoping it that it may that it may continue. Gerald Spring saying very sharp on both sides of the ball. Great game, and yes, total team effort. Rick, Rick Elmer posting an image of Mister. Stefan Diggs making the spectacular catch and kind of doing a kick as he was keeping his balance after a great play and celebrating as well. (laughs) When a guy looking like, it's kind of a funny image, it almost looks as if Stefan Diggs kicked the guy in the butt. I believe that's what Rick Elmer is trying to post. And, yep, that's basically, uh, yeah, he was like saying, get out of here, Saints! you're drunk. Yep, and that's pretty much what it was like. Todd Grunlian, been a long time. He says, excellent overall, and I couldn't agree more with Todd Runley in there. And I was saying, oh, the newest episode will be released Wednesday afternoon. Yes, and thank you for your patience. I'm sorry it took so long for those of you that are currently listening, obviously. (laughs) Check and see if there's anything in the visitor uh, hopper here, the hopper. Uh, I think that's it. Yes, that's it. So, want to thank you all very, very, very much. I did forget to pass out some gold uh, some stars last week. Mark Carlson got the gold star for last week. I didn't mention it. And I didn't, yeah, and I do apologize. Uh, I'm just gonna I think it was Mark Carlson gold, Gerald silver, and oh, Gerald and Brent get the silver because Brent had an awesome con. He almost had to get the gold. Um, and bronze, I believe Sebastian will get that one, the Bronze Star for that one. For this show, the Gold Star. Oh boy. <laughs> Who's it going to go to? Man. Um, obviously, the good interaction throughout the game. It's a combination of things. You know, the interaction and, of course, after the game and the commentary overall. <sighs> boy. Uh, Gold Star. Gold Star. Dave Martin and Justin Mayer-Henry. I'm going to give it to two people. I mean, just awesome. Awesome. Great call and a great comment by Justin Mayer-Henry. I, I, Yep, and these are guys that have already won Gold Star of the Year Awards. Wars. I mean, just awesome. Uh, Silver Star is going to be Cedric. I almost thought, you know, Seth Cedric is way up there. Awesome commentary there as well along the way. Cedric is getting a Silver Star. Yep. He only commented once, but it was an awesome comment. And Bronze Star to Gerald String, continuing to jump on board. Uh, really appreciate the Endless commentary uh, back and forth with everybody. It's been awesome. I really appreciate you guys. The fun you bring to the show. I really appreciate it. James Beck should get a bronze star as well. So he's going to jump in as well for that one. Um, Just want to thank you guys for keeping me coming back. I mean, I love doing the show. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's not the hardest thing either. Frankly, you guys make it easy and you make it worth it. So... That's why I'm coming back. That's why I enjoy it. And hey, games like games like Monday night are... They, they they just make this so much easier, don't they? Versus games like Philadelphia last year. Games like the Indianapolis Colts game last year. That's what makes it hard. Um, and you guys keep it coming. Keep the comments coming. Keep me feeling like hey, you know, there's a reason for me to do the show so you can enjoy... You can enjoy listening to something while you're driving your truck or driving across the country or out fishing or mowing the lawn, just make sure you wear those 3M, uh, <laughs> those 3M ear protectors underneath your uh, earbuds, which I still need to co- contact them. I would, uh, that, that would be the perfect sponsor for this show because 3M earbuds, they're perfect when you're mowing the lawn or, or um, trying to think of what other noisy type of, even snow blowing, shoot, that might be kind of weird, but I've done it, or vacuuming the floor. That's the other one. Some kind of noisy house activity or outside activity. You just put those on, and you can hear perfectly, which I do every day when I mow lawns. So very valuable. And then, of course, I love, uh, uh, what's the name of that other thing? Uh, Castle Danger. I think that's the new, if, if I get a new brewery, that's the one. Two Harbors, Minnesota, that's the one I want to target. Danger Ale and Red Hop Rising, all that. Oh, just wonderful stuff. So just want to thank you all again for listening. Please tell your friends about the show. If you haven't already, please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher for Purple Mafia. It would be greatly appreciated and you will be guaranteed a star of some sorts on the show. Can't guarantee a gold star because, you know, if somebody's comment is just elite, they, they gotta get it. So, But you never know. Maybe you will get it. Maybe your comment has been spectacular. Maybe your... Maybe the review is just the, just the nicest thing I ever heard. I don't know. So, again, I thank you in advance for those of you that might be willing to do that at some point. And until next week, uh, well, stay cool. It's going to be hotter than you know what out there, depending on where you live. But at least around here in the Midwest, it's getting pretty warm. It's humid. Uh, I guess you might as well stick to the summer rails. You might as well stick to that for the time being, because it ain't it ain't time for for any type of autumn autumn brew. So, thanks again for listening. I'm going to end this now. I'm rambling too long. Thank you, and we will hope for a victory over those Pittsburgh Steelers.